Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Hi, everybody. Good Thursday morning. More people, including Americans, fleeing Gaza this morning. As President Biden takes a new approach with Israel. Good morning. It's November 2nd. This is Today. Breaking overnight. For the first time, the president calling for a humanitarian pause in the war as more civilians evacuate into Egypt. And Israel carries out a new airstrike on that refugee camp inside Gaza. We'll have the very latest from the front lines. Not going anywhere. Embattled Congressman George Santos survives an overnight bid to expel him from the House. I will continue to serve the 3rd Congressional District of New York until the people choose to not have me. His message to fellow Republicans who wanted him removed and the Democrats who surprisingly came to his defense. We're live on Capitol Hill. The big chill, record lows expected from Texas to Maine, but there is good news for the weekend. Al's got your full forecast. One of a kind, the legendary director of Friends speaking out as he remembers Matthew Perry sharing his conversations with the grief-stricken cast. The day we found out and they were, they were destroyed, it's a brother dying. Our interview with James Burroughs straight ahead. All of that plus loss of an icon. Tributes pour in for Hall of Fame coach Bobby Knight a towering figure in college basketball, famous for his winning and his outbursts. We'll look back at his career. And Power Rangers. Texas wins the World Series for the first time in history, setting off a party 63 years in the making. Today, Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie. And Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today on a Thursday morning. Glad you're with us. A lot of happy Texas Rangers oh, fans boy, out there. First time World Series wow. champions. You never forget your first. Too bad for the Diamondbacks, but the Rangers really dominated in this series. They did. We're going to get to more of that a little later. But we are going to start with President Biden's new comments about the war in Gaza, saying this, quote, I think we need a pause. It was a response to a question from a protester during a campaign reception in Minnesota. The president going on to say it would allow more time to get more people out. And this is what's happening this morning. Hundreds have now been allowed to leave Gaza for the first time since the war began. And in the coming days, thousands of wounded aid workers and foreigners are expected to pass into Egypt. And that does include nearly 400 Americans still trapped in Gaza. NBC News learning overnight they are expected to cross over today. We have complete coverage. We're going to start with NBC's Raf Sanchez in Israel for us. Hey, Raf, good morning. Hoda, good morning. President Biden has been firm in his support of Israel's right to defend itself after Hamas's terror attack. And so far, he has rejected calls for a ceasefire in Gaza, despite the rising death toll. But he is now saying he would like to see at least temporary halts to the fighting to allow more time to get prisoners out. Overnight, for the first time, President Biden calling for a humanitarian pause in the Israel-Hamas war. After being interrupted by a protester demanding a ceasefire, the president responding, quote, I think we need a pause. Earlier, the president said the U.S. is working to get Americans out of Gaza. Working nonstop to get Americans out of Gaza 
as soon and as safely as possible. And this morning, documents obtained by NBC News show around 400 U.S. citizens have been cleared to pass through the Rafah crossing today into the safety of Egypt. The border opened to civilians Wednesday for the first time since the start of the war after painstaking negotiations. But only a handful of U.S. citizens made it out, including 71-year-old aid worker Ramona Akamara, who came to Gaza to make prosthetic limbs for children. For her family, deep relief. I, I just want to throw my arms around her and hold on to her forever. But for Palestinians without a foreign passport, the only ticket out is a serious injury. Eight-year-old Salem was one of around 70 patients evacuated for urgent medical care in Egypt. His family says he was injured by an Israeli airstrike and tells us his parents and grandparents were killed. Yesterday, Israeli warplanes hit a refugee camp in northern Gaza for the second time in two days, targeting what Israel says was a military command center deliberately hidden underneath civilian homes. These images show the scale of the destruction. Today, Israeli troops continuing to push deeper into the Strip in their effort to crush Hamas, but also taking casualties, at least 16 soldiers killed since the start of the invasion. Yet more grief in a holy land that's already seen too much of it. And Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is due to land here in Israel tomorrow for his third visit since October 7th. We're expecting him to carry a message of support, but also to push the Israelis to allow more humanitarian aid into Gaza and to start working towards those pauses. Hoda. All right, Raf Sanchez for us there in Israel. Raf, thank you. Tensions rising over the war. More Jewish students on college campuses across America are saying they no longer feel safe amid an ongoing rise in anti-Semitic threats against them. NBC's Blaine Alexander joins us with the latest on that. Blaine, good morning. Well, Savannah, good morning to you. I've spoken with a number of students who say that they have experienced a range of actions from chants being shouted across campus to troubling social media posts, even the defacing of a poster with Israeli hostages. All of it, they say, makes them feel unsafe on their own campus. Now, of course, all of this comes as both Jewish and Muslim leaders say they're facing an unprecedented rise in threats of violence. Thousands of miles from the escalating violence in the Middle East, the cloud of war is smothering many college campuses here in the U.S. At Emory University in Atlanta, more than 100 Jewish students gathered Wednesday, one of at least six schools statewide, to hold solidarity walks after a rise in anti-Semitic incidents on campuses nationwide. We had hung up posters of the hostages in Gaza, and there were students who went and vandalized them. As someone who knows people who are a part of that group of hostages, it's horrible. What's your biggest concern? My biggest concern, I mean, violence, obviously, you know, I mean, and it's, it's not unfounded. I mean, violent threats. Threats like those made at Cornell University, which has canceled classes Friday, citing extraordinary stress on campus. Patrick Dye, a 21-year-old junior at the Ivy League school, made his first court appearance Wednesday after authorities say he posted online threats to kill members of the school's Jewish community. He did not enter a plea. All of it comes as tensions are rising across the country. The Biden administration is vowing to fight a sharp rise in anti-Semitic and Islamophobic incidents. We are focusing our efforts on confronting and disrupting illegal threats wherever they arise. 
Similar to reports of anti-Semitic incidents, which have skyrocketed in recent weeks, the Council on American-Islamic Relations says it's seen a large uptick, noting many more often go unreported. Overall, there is a sense of anxiety uneasiness, our community is on edge. As the incidents of violent threats soar, many are just hoping for a common understanding. There has been deaths on both sides, which is a horrible thing. There should be no deaths on any side at all. Now, here in Georgia, the leader of a statewide organization for Jewish Jewish college students is calling on campuses across the state, including here at Emory, to increase their security, writing in an open letter that students are simply afraid to be on campus. Savannah. All right. Blaine Alexander, thank you. Let's move now to that breaking news on Capitol Hill overnight. Embattled Republican George Santos surviving a vote led by members of his own party to expel him from Congress. NBC's Garrett Hakes in Washington, D.C. Garrett, let's walk us through what happened yesterday. Yeah, Huda, George Santos survived this Republican-led effort to kick him out of Congress and ended up doing so by a comfortable margin. The vote to expel him would have required two-thirds of the House and with the support of most Republicans who need Santos's vote in their slim majority and also 30 Democrats, Santos was able to hold on to his New York congressional seat, at least for now. Now, this all comes after Santos was indicted on 23 federal charges, including for fraud and falsifying a loan, to which he pled not guilty last week. And he's been under constant fire for lies about his background, everything from where he went to college, where he worked, even falsely claiming that his mother survived the 9-11 attacks. Now, for his part, Santos argued that kicking him out of Congress without his being convicted of anything would set a dangerous precedent. Being expelled from this body means that my voters are silenced. That is not true. That is not correct. That is not how we go about removing members from Congress. We do that by elections, by winning and losing elections. Santos also had the backing of the new speaker, Mike Johnson, which probably held some of those Republicans who might have otherwise voted against him, Hoda. So the question is, there were some Democrats who voted against removing him. Why was that? Yeah, that was something of a surprise. And some of them said it's just about due process, that Santos should get his day in court. And only five members have ever been expelled from the House in history, including three for supporting the Confederacy back during the Civil War. So the bar here is historically very high. But mark your calendars, November 17th. That's when the House Ethics Committee is supposed to release information about its investigation into Santos. And depending on what they find, he could face another expulsion vote soon. All right. Garrett Hake for us there in D.C. Garrett, thank you. Turn now to the economy, a key decision by the Federal Reserve holding interest rates steady for the second consecutive meeting following a string of 11 hikes. So what does it signal for the ongoing battle against inflation? Your bottom line, just with the holiday season upon us, NBC senior business correspondent Christine Romans is here to break it down. We've been watching this delicate dance that the Fed has been doing to try to bring down inflation, but not crash the economy. So what does holding the rates steady again signal for that effort? It signals that they are making progress on inflation. And that's really important because inflation was issue number one for so many American families. But killing inflation requires another painful truth for Americans. And that's higher borrowing costs. And I think, guys, we have to settle into a period where borrowing costs, interest rates are going to remain high. Higher for longer is the mantra on Wall Street Mm -hmm. and in Washington. And what that means is if you buy a house, you're going to be able to afford less house than you could Mm -hmm. just a couple of years ago. An example, say a $300,000 house with 20% down, you're going to pay $700 more a month 
for that mortgage wow. than you would have just a year and a half ago. Mm. So that's real money. You look at credit cards. This is very dangerous. And I, I think everyone this morning around the kitchen table should understand mm-hmm. credit cards are more dangerous today than they've ever been. Those interest rates are 20, 25, 30% for store cards. So that's something to really keep an eye on. And borrowing costs for cars also still higher than they have been in a couple of years. So are mortgage rates going to remain high? Is that what you're expecting? So I think you're going to be stuck here. You're going to be stuck here above 7%. And think about what that means for the housing market, everybody, because a lot of people have mortgage rates in 3%. Right. Are you going to sell your house if you have a seven or eight percent mortgage? So you're already seeing home sales start to decline and people kind of sitting tight. I call it the golden handcuffs, a three percent mortgage rate. You don't want to move where you're going to pay a whole lot more for interest. Well, the Fed chair, Jay Powell, actually said the economy was strong. And this is the weird irony this whole Mm -hmm. time is that the stronger and more resilient the economy is. That means he's got to keep this interest rates pretty high. And it's American families who are the ones who are right there in the middle of what you call the delicate dance, quite quite rightly. You know, we don't want inflation. We don't want inflation to be too high for too long. That's very dangerous. Uh, we still have a very strong job market, mm-hmm. though, and the overall economy is still in really good shape. So that's the very mm-hmm. good news. But for people who are borrowing money, just b- borrower beware, especially mm-hmm. into the holidays, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Christine, good reminder about credit cards. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Christine. Uh, we got a lot more to get to, including fans of the Texas Rangers. They're enjoying a feeling they have never experienced before. <laughs> They're celebrating a World Series title, very first time in the franchise history. NBC's Morgan Chesky is right there at Rangers home in Arlington, Texas. Hey, Morgan, good morning. Oh, guys, it is a great morning here in Dallas and Arlington and across Ranger Nation. Not a lot of sleep last night for Rangers fans because the one word on everyone's mind Finally, they finally pulled it off. And to understand just exactly what they did pull off, you got to go back to 1961. They were the Washington Senators then. It's taken two cities, five home ballparks, and just six decades. But last night, Rangers pulled it off. This morning, for the first time in franchise history, the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. The Rangers winning the last three straight games against the Arizona Diamondbacks to take the series, capping off an unprecedented Perfect postseason run on the road. Overnight in Arlington, fans going wild inside Globe Life Ballpark. Even some crowd surfing. While in downtown Dallas, there was plenty of bubbly to go around. I cannot imagine um, this series being any more memorable in my whole life. The game? A pure pitcher's duel for seven innings. Before the Rangers broke out with the first hit of the night. But it was the ninth inning that sealed the deal with Marcus Simeon crushing a two-run homer, putting Texas up 5-0. Three outs later, Texas becoming World Series champs. It's just emotional. Uh, Everything I've ever worked for is for this moment. And after the game, even deeper emotion for Texas first baseman Nathaniel Lowe, with a message to his mom, who's battling cancer. I love you to the moon and back, and I'm so proud of you for getting through your first round of chemo radiation. I can't wait to get home and see you. But first... One Texas-sized celebration. You guys just wrote history in Texas. Congrats, world champions. Yeah, world champions making history indeed. Rangers out to avenge some history as well, guys. You go back to 2011. They're in the World Series playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Rangers, one strike, one out away from clinching it in Game 6. They couldn't do it, ended up losing in Game 7. So this go-around... They were not taking any chances shutting down the Diamondbacks in five games. 
Savannah Hoda. Oh, wow. man, how sweet was that? Yeah. Morgan, Morgan, thank you so much. Oh, that's oh. cool. Quarter after, let's get a first check of the weather. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Well, we got a record in our weather department here. Good morning to you. This is the 18% of the lower 48 states are covered in snow. This is the most extensive Halloween snow cover in 20 years. They've been keeping that record. And in fact, you could see yesterday, early snow coming across. We're talking about two to six inches of snowpack from the Rockies to the upper Midwest. So it is a chilly and snowy start to November. From Connecticut all the way into Texas, we're talking 66 million people under freeze warnings. We're looking at record lows likely from New York City, Beckley, West Virginia, Memphis, Tennessee, down to Montgomery, Alabama, with temperatures in the upper 20s there. Today, highs are going to be anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees below average. New York, a high of only 50, 59 in Little Rock. Nashville, you're at 59 for a high today, 7 degrees above average. Then that warmth starts to slowly creep to the east. Chicago, you'll be 55 for tomorrow, 65 in St. Louis. That's five degrees warmer. Denver, 67 degrees. And as we head into next week, a slow climb back to normal by Monday. New York City's at 63. Louisville's at 70, 65 in Kansas City and into the mid-70s in Birmingham. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Coming up inside the start of a high-profile trial in Texas, you may remember this one, a yoga teacher accused of killing a professional cyclist in what's being called a love triangle murder. This morning, the new claims in court from prosecutors and the defense. Plus, a touching new tribute to Matthew Perry from legendary sitcom director James Burroughs. His favorite memories from the early days of Friends. What made Matthew Perry so perfect as Chandler and his conversations with Perry's co-star since his sudden death. But first, this is Today on NBC. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's just such a good movie, guys. 7.30, unforgettable scene from Mean Girls right there. Guess what? Hmm. It's young stars at the time. They were young then. I mean, I'd still call them young now. Anyway, they've reunited for a new ad. Now they're the cool moms. Oh, Wait, cute. what? That's yes, so Carson's adorable. got it. Pop star. Fun time. Look who's here. Good Chanel, morning, Chanel. Good to see you, hon. 
Oh, is it time to get started? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, First up in this half hour, we've got new attention on a case in Texas. It's made worldwide headlines. Yeah, the murder trial of a former yoga instructor. You may remember this story. She's accused of killing a professional cyclist. Well, the trial's underway. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, has the very latest. Laura, good morning. Good morning, guys. This trial really almost didn't happen. As authorities say, Caitlin Armstrong went on the run almost immediately once she became a suspect. But now she's in court listening as prosecutors try to convince a jury this is all about a love triangle turned deadly. Anna Mariah Wilson was a rising star in the world of off-road cycling. This morning, new details of the last moments of her life captured on audio. Those screams are followed by ah! Ah! two gunshots. One to the front of the head, one to the side of the head. Prosecutors in opening statements portraying her accused killer, Caitlin Armstrong, as a woman consumed by jealousy. One of the things you'll hear is she was not happy with his relationship. Not happy, authorities say, after discovering she and Wilson were romantically involved with the same man, professional cyclist Colin Strickland. Prosecutors say Armstrong tracked Wilson's location using a fitness app and that surveillance footage puts her Jeep near the apartment where Wilson was staying. According to a police affidavit, investigators also received an anonymous tip after the shooting that Armstrong said months earlier she was so angry she wanted to kill Wilson. Armstrong, who has pleaded not guilty, now facing decades behind bars if convicted of first-degree murder. Her defense team arguing there is no proof she committed the crime. You did not hear about any direct evidence showing Caitlin Armstrong is responsible for this crime because there isn't any. Armstrong's legal team also battling accusations she fled the country after the murder and underwent plastic surgery to disguise her identity. Authorities say she used her sister's passport to travel to Costa Rica. A warrant was issued for her arrest, setting off a 43-day manhunt. While in Costa Rica, she searched her name from her cell phone. News article. Just weeks ago, this cell phone video appearing to show Armstrong trying to escape, running from corrections officers while at a doctor's appointment, later captured a mile away. So NBC News reached out to attorneys on both sides of this case for comment, but the court has imposed a gag order preventing them from talking. Also, no word from the family members involved in this case, guys. And, of course, the Armstrong attorneys are saying this is just circumstantial evidence. There's no direct evidence. A lot of murder cases are built entirely on circumstantial evidence, though. With a lot less evidence than in this case, not only do they have the surveillance footage of her car around the crime scene, circling around the house, but they also have DNA evidence that the jury heard about yesterday, the defendant's DNA on the victim's bike, which they said she used to flee the crime scene. They also have ballistics evidence. Her boyfriend, the guy involved here, bought her a gun months before this case, and they have ballistics evidence matching the shell casings to the gun uh, that the boyfriend bought. How about that video of her trying to escape yeah. from prison? I not mean, good. that video is not good. How's that going to impact the Not case? good. She's also facing a new felony charge because of the two officers who were harmed trying to chase her down. And she also has a federal charge for having fled to Costa Rica trying to evade authorities. So she's got a lot of uphill battles here as this case goes on. Right. Okay. Thank you, Laura. We'll keep our eye on it. Still ahead. People eager to start a family are now picking up a second job just for fertility benefits. Vicki Wynn will share one woman's story and a closer look at the companies now offering them. But first, the very first director of Friends speaking out as he remembers Matthew Perry. 
He was really funny. <laughs> he was a little awkward too. Chandler was awkward and Matthew was awkward. It was a perfect, perfect meld. Mm. Our conversation with TV legend James Burroughs right after this. now with some fond new memories of Matthew Perry. Yeah, we shared our conversation with the co-creators of Friends yesterday. And this morning, we're hearing from another key member of the show. NBC's Liz Croyd sat down with James Burroughs, the legendary director behind Friends' first episodes. Liz, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning to all of you. Jim Burroughs has directed so many iconic sitcoms, Cheers, Frasier, Will & Grace, and of course, Friends, where he became like a father figure to the cast in the show's early years. Burroughs told me that he has texted with the other cast members since Perry's death. They're all devastated. It's been like losing a member of the family. He was incredibly inventive. He was inventive with how he did a line. Could she be more out of my league? The director of the very first episodes of Friends, Jim Burroughs, says he saw something special in Matthew Perry from the moment they met. What was your first impression of Matthew? Wow. The reading around the table. Matthew had a certain way of turning a line. Anybody know a good tailor? You need some clothes altered? No, no. I'm just looking for a man to draw on me with chalk. Perry played the sarcastic Chandler Bing for 10 seasons. I went to that tanning place your wife suggested. Was that place the sun? Earning an Emmy nomination and the hearts of millions of viewers worldwide. His sudden death at the age of 54, a shattering loss to fans and his friend's family. I had to have a couple of days to, you know, just let it soak in. He was part of a family and he was the first one to not be part of that family anymore. How is the rest of the cast doing right now? I texted the girls the day we found out and they were... They were destroyed. It's a brother dying. The castmates' bond formed from the start, thanks in part to Burroughs, who brought the then young and unknown actors on a trip to Las Vegas before the show aired. I took them to dinner at Spago, and this is a true story. And I said to the six of them, put your seatbelt on, because this is your last shot at anonymity. He was right. The show quickly became a huge success. The friends just as close behind the scenes as they were on air. What was Matthew like on set? Was he just as funny and sarcastic as Chandler? Absolutely. He was really funny. (laughs) He was a little awkward, too. Chandler was awkward, and Matthew was awkward. It was a perfect, perfect meld. A classic example and a Burroughs favorite, the one where Chandler gets stuck in an ATM vestibule with Victoria's Secret model Jill Goodacre. When he says, I'm not in an ATM with Jill Goodacre. A truck <laughs> in an ATM vestibule with Jill Goodacre. I have no idea what you just said. And they said, what? He says, put Joey on. So Joey gets on the phone. A trip <laughs> Oh my God. He's trapped in an ATM vestibule with Jill Goodacre. His facial expressions were amazing. And Matthew could always cut to his face. He was always aware that even though he wasn't speaking, he was on camera. What viewers didn't see behind Perry's comedic genius was his years-long struggle with addiction. Friends say he had recently been doing better. We were so proud of him these last couple of years that he was 
making a remarkable recovery. Burroughs, shocked by Perry's sudden death, but heartened by the outpouring of love for the friend who brought so much joy into viewers' lives. It's hard to believe we've lost a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's so sad. How do you want Matthew to be remembered? As a wonderful actor, a funny man, and a dear friend to a lot of people. Oh, it was so special hearing Burroughs share these stories. He said nobody could have played the part of Chandler the way Matthew Perry did it. His physical comedy and timing was truly unmatched. I asked Burroughs if there's anything else he wanted to say about his friend, and he said simply, I wish he was here. Guys. Wow. Mm. All right. Thank you, Liz. Beautiful interview. Yeah. What a tribute. Mm-hmm. And to say he was like a brother, that really summed it up, didn't it, their relationship? I mean, the, it, it yeah. really seems like a family, yeah. and it is a loss in the family for them. All right. It is 743. Let's turn to Mr. Roker, get a check of the weather. Hey, Al. Oh, hey, guys. Good morning, and good morning to you. Let's take a look ahead to the weekend, see what we've got going on. Friday, we're looking at some showers along the Pacific Northwest Coast, northwestern California. We're also looking at warm sunshine from Texas all the way. As you get into the plains, it gets a little chillier. Cool and crisp in the Northeast, looking good. In fact, I think we are going to finally break our streak of rainy weekends. We've got a dry weekend on tap along the eastern coast. We've got a gem of a day down through Texas. Pacific storm making its way into the Pacific Northwest, making more rain into Northern California. And Marathon Sunday here in New York, Chanel. We're looking at a high of about 62 degrees. Sunny skies. It's going to be nice and mild for the eastern half of the country. Warmer down through Texas. More rain starting to make its way into central California with heavier rain again continuing in the Pacific Northwest. That is your latest weather. I am so excited about Thank Sunday you. for you, my dear. Thank Come you. on, it's girl. finally here. It's great. Time. You ready? Let's just do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. You can't train anymore. Like, you just yes, have to run. We're going to be lining the route. We're going to be there with you. Thank Woo-hoo. you. We're going to load in honor of you. Pancakes this morning. We're all going to carbo load. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you can too. Yes. Exactly. We're excited. And Monday we'll have the full wrap up. We're Mm -hmm. so darn proud of you. Mm -hmm. Okay, still ahead, we're going to dive into one of our favorite topics. Some might call it an obsession around here. (laughs) Sleep. You sent us a lot of questions on today.com ahead of this weekend's time change about how to fall asleep and how to stay asleep, snoring, all that. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, This morning we're going to have a doctor here to share tips and answers. Uh Coming up, did you happen to see for Halloween, there was a couple having some fun with the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey uh, costume. Ah. Well, we've got Travis's reaction to oh. that. He just let us know. So we'll tell you that on Popstar and a whole lot more coming up. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. 